Greetings and welcome to the latest edition of the First Day Podcast. I am Michael Govier. Join my co-host Leanne Hello and myself as we dive into the First Day Pod. That's right. It's us talking about Atomic Habits, which is a book. And it's got some great stuff to help us identify the things that we blame ourselves for. They are not exactly what you think they are. In fact, there are factors working against us that are out of our control. And we need to not only work on our mindset, which definitely makes a difference, it does. There's really little doubt about that now. But it's also things about you biologically, bio, psych, social, all of these aspects come together and they create who you are and why you do the things you do. So we dive into Atomic Habits because that's what we're focusing on for this current edition of the First Day Pod Book Club, which you are welcome to at any given time. Just email us, firstdaypod at gmail.com. We'll send you the link. You can jump in at any moment. It doesn't matter how far or how little we are into a book. So sit back and relax or get aggressive. Get a motivating factor under your tuchus. Sit down, take notes, pay specific attention to what we're talking about. Get a copy of Atomic Habits. We're not being paid to say that. We're just saying if you want to really go the extra mile, it's not a bad way to go. Either way, do whatever the heck you want to do. But please, listen in as Leanne Hello and myself bring you the latest edition of The First Day Pod. Hi. Hi, everybody. How you doing? I'm doing good. Sorry there. All right, we're here. We're live. It's the First Day Podcast. Welcome in. I'm Michael Govey, and she's Leanne. Hello. And we want to thank you all first. 100 subscribers. Can you believe it? Yay. Thank you so much, everybody. I appreciate it so much. We both do. Me, especially, because I have hated our YouTube link. It was, like, so long and so ugly. And now it is YouTube.com slash... First day pod. <laughs> Yay. Booyah. Thank you so much, guys. I mean, keep liking and keep subscribing and keep doing all the things, but that was really my big push is I just wanted a clean link. <laughs> ah, but now it'll be easier to be able to share it and really get all the goodness out, I think. So anyway, hello, everybody. What is happening? You got to talk in the microphone. Well, I'm close to it. Okay. Yeah, people can hear you. There's Ed. He's here. Hi, Ed. Hello, Ed. <laughs> That's right. It's the first day pod. We got 100 subs plus now on our YouTube channel, but we're going for 200 next. So let's start to push for 200. Thank you so much. Subscribe. Five stars. You know the drill. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Spotify now has yeah. ratings, so you can rate us five stars on Spotify. That helps the show grow, and it helps us expand our horizons to connect with new people. So, it's not hard. I know you can do it. They can do it, right? <laughs> yeah, if you like what you're hearing and you keep coming back for more, then if you do that, then more of your friends will be in the chat, and then it'll become a real nice community of 
discussion inside of the chat. That's the real big thing that I'm looking for too, is the more people that are aware of us, the more the chat will become um, an actual chat, an actual discussion about the topics that we're doing. So um, that's a big thing for for us too, because it really is my favorite part of our podcast. So. Yeah, that's huge. It's a big time for us. We would love that to happen. Of course, you guys know the drill, but uh, we're here to talk about uh, atomic habits today. We've been working on atomic habits in the book club, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You can get the Zoom link. If you've never heard of this before, if you've never seen our show, if you're watching on YouTube, which you can watch this episode at any given time, you might be saying to yourself, oh, this is cool. So what's the book club? And you can be there. You can be there at 8 p.m. Eastern time, Monday nights. We're talking atomic habits. Yeah. Every and the way that we've broken um the book club down this time for this book is uh James Clear, the author, he broke down the book really simply. Um and so every like there's three chower chapters, three to four chapters per um law. So yeah. there's four different laws that he goes through. And so how what we're doing is we're doing one week per law. Um, and then at the end, he also has like how to apply this, um, which I'm gonna find interesting because he's been telling us how to apply it all along. Um, so anyway, he's going to be doing, uh, we're doing each law per week. And so tomorrow we're gonna be talking about law number two. Um, so it's really the whole, um, the whole audio book is only five and a half hours long. So Ooh. even, yeah. So even if you're listening to this now and it's Sunday or Monday um, and you're thinking, oh gosh, I'm not going to have time. You grab the, the audio, you'll be able to brush up to, to um, law number two in no time. Um, and like I always say, if you're listening to anything in audio, you can always, you know, increase the speed and listen to it quicker. But anyway, um, so we're going to be doing law number two. We probably should have waited and did this podcast once we were done the book, but I'm just finding it so interesting. Um, and the way he writes is really simple. Like his whole, his whole premise of this is you keep these as simple as possible. You keep your habits as simple as possible. Then you'll yep. be able to actually implement them. Um, so anyway, so we thought we would just talk about it now. We're just kind of at the beginning. Um, and then maybe we'll do like a quick recap when we're done it um, in one of our shows. But Yay! I really highly encourage you, um, if you haven't joined our book club, to join it. There's so many great people in it. And it's such a cool group because it's not just all the same type of people. Yeah. You know? Like the conversations that we have and there's such a mutual respect with everybody that everybody's able to speak their mind, whether they agree or they don't agree with what's being said in the book or in the conversation. Um, True. And we just have a really good um, discussion about it. And I, I always come out of every week um, more enlightened about the book than I than I would have if I was just reading it on my own. So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. By the way, Michelle Woodall's here. Michelle, hello. How you doing? Yeah, that's my Michelle. I know. Yeah. That's awesome, Michelle. Glad you're here. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us. First Day Pod. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel here. Give yeah. us a sub. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I've had enough of that. <laughs> 
Josh is here, of course. Happy winter. Snow time is here, Josh, of Hi, course. Josh. It's cold up here, but it was warmer today. We got warm. See, look how warm we are. Yeah, what? <laughs> We're such a weirdo. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, I agree with everything Leanne said about the book. It seems to be pretty cool. It's pretty straightforward in a lot of ways. How your brain works dictates so much. It yeah. really does. You know, it's what you're doing in here, yeah. in this brain. If you're listening to the podcast version, I'm tapping my head here. I don't know if you can hear that on the <laughs> microphone. But it's, it's so echoing. vital. It's so vital to that. You know, We've got uh, several things we want to share with you today. we got some... Show and tell here, a few graphs and graphics that we thought we would bring up. So we'll bring those up uh, along the way. Yeah. Right, Leanne? So yeah. Leanne's kind of leading the way with this one because she loves this book. She's excited about it. And our book club brings us opportunities to create concrete change. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Stacking habits. Yes. Implementation of habits. Yes. We talked about this in the last book club. I've been doing this a lot all week where I've been saying my intentions out loud. It was part of the book. I am going to the bathroom right now. You know, that's an example. I'm going to do that right now. But you can make it more concrete. It's got to be very specific. Mm -hmm. I'm going to finish writing this homework assignment in 15 minutes. Yes. I did that last night. Yeah. Did it work? I did it. See? I mean, I sat there for a long time procrastinating. I wish I had said it an hour before that. <laughs> yes. So. Anyways, but then it yeah. worked. And what was interesting is I was like, okay, well, I'll give you, because I like rounding numbers. So it was like... Whatever time it was, it was 06. So whether it was 10.06 or 11.06, I can't remember. And I was like, oh, well, just I'll give you 24 minutes because then I'll take it to 11.30. And you're like, no, I've already made the intention. <laughs> I'm doing it in 15 minutes. And he did it. The power of intention is incredible. The issue is, is that we don't have intention. We have this like lackadaisical kind of like dreamful wishes of what we want. And we don't focus on really being concrete about it. And that's really the like crux of the whole thing is that we don't take the time um, to really think about what we want and who we want to become. And that's one of the things that he talks about too. Um, so, okay. So let's kind of, I made some notes. The majority of the notes are really from the the first two laws because that's where we're at. Okay. Um, I started going forward and I told Mike, I was like, I've only really made notes for the first two um, laws because I kept wanting to go further and then I was getting so excited. I, I didn't really want to jump ahead from the group because I, oh. I'm the other thing that I like about our book club is with the exception of one gentleman and you know who you are, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, um, Patrick always reads the book before we, before we're done. So he's always way ahead of the game. That's but his thing. That's his thing. And we all know it and it's fine. Let's say our, back, our book club has things. It's got like uh, <laughs> routines and there's yes. people with personalities, but everyone's very, very welcoming and yes. inviting. Yeah. But what's cool about Patrick is Patrick has a brain where he can compartmentalize it so he doesn't really take us forward. My issue is I get really excited, but I'll like bunch everything together. So when I start talking about it, I'll quickly jump to something else, not realizing that, you know, that was in a later chapter. So that's why I don't want to go forward. Yeah. Um, but anyway, okay. So the cool thing is, is the way that James... Um, breaks this down is that there's four laws four laws and it's all based around if you read the book uh, there's actually been quite a few books about about habit and there's a habit loop that happens and it's you get a cue and then it causes a craving then you have your response and then you get your reward 
Okay. So it just kind of keeps going. If you think about any of the habits that we've created, it's always the exact same thing. Um, he goes a step further and really tries to figure out two different ways of looking at this. One is how can you create the cue and the whole process of the habit loop to your advantage to create the habit that you want. And then what I like is he also does the same thing with all four laws um, about how are you going to break your habit. So really it's an inversion of all four laws. So the four laws that he's got is one, make it obvious. So that's where the cue part comes in. The cue is like the trigger, what triggers you. Um, when I'm at Mike's house, well actually really when I'm at my house too, really probably when I'm at anybody's house, a kitchen triggers me to eat. I can have just walked in from a five course meal and be in the car saying, oh my gosh, I'm so full. And I walk into a kitchen, immediately I get hungry. Well, no, that's a lie. I don't get hungry. I think I need food. And so then I just go and like not even think about what I'm doing and go to the same cupboard. It's not like I go like into the Tupperware cupboard. It's a habit because I'm going to the same cupboard where I know the goodies are and then I put them in my mouth and I go through the whole thing. So that's how you know it's like it's a habit because it's not a it's it's not like I'm not thinking about it anyway. Um, so there's always a, a cue that starts all of these habits. Um, and so making it obvious is the big number one of how to start a habit. Um then there's craving. So law number two is make it attractive. You want to make whatever habit you have or whatever habit you're wanting to try to create, you want to make that craving. So what you're trying to do is if you say, okay, I want to work out, um, nobody's going to want to just work out. So you, you have to create a cue. So maybe put your shoes by your bed or whatever it is to like spark Oh, I'm wearing a green shirt underneath. I forgot I flipped over my sleeve so you can see through it. Oh, so oh my cool. God, look at that. That's so funny. Uh, can you see me? Okay, sorry, people can't that see are. Me. Where'd I go? <laughs> sorry, everybody that is just listening to us on the audio. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wearing green. I was actually wearing a full green sweater. Um, oh, by the way, Matt says stacking and okay. change are vital. Hi, Matt. Glad you're here, buddy. Hey, Matt. And Ed says, it's like the four agreements applied to habit making. Be your word and do what you say. Boom. Yes. Yes, absolutely, Ed. Oh, I love that. Um, Yeah, so the habit stacking is such a cool, simple way of doing this. So, okay, anyway, make it obvious. That's for the cue. Make it attractive. That's law number two. That's to create your craving. You want it. If you're not going to enjoy it, you're not going to do it. Um. Law number three is make it easy because that has to do with your response and like what you actually are going to do, the process that you're going to do to do the uh, habit. And then law number four is make it satisfying. So that is the Uh. reward that you would normally get. Naturally, your bad habits are already kind of embedded in all of this. So like you see the cigarette or you go to the bar or you do the thing. uh, That's the cue. You get the craving and then you smoke the cigarette, and then you have the reward of that feeling afterward. Um, So, but if you're trying to create a habit, just saying that I'm gonna work out isn't enough. You have to 
be the architect of all those four stages before you get started. That way you're not going to be against the eight ball and, and mess up at some point along that way is basically what he's saying in this book. Hmm. So, yes. Okay. Let's see what Ed has to say. You want to see what Ed has yeah, to say? Yeah, I do. That's right here. I tell myself if I go to the kitchen, I need to clean something. By the time I finish cleaning, I realize I was not really hungry in the first place. Oh. Ed. <laughs> yeah, you know I would like that. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like her right here. <laughs> I love cleaning. Um, she does. She really loves it. It's a passion of hers. We found She's really good at it. Well, we found out today too is that it's almost a habit of mine. I have like created these things with my cleaning. And so today we just started and it was like supposed to be just like a half an hour, put the Christmas tree away. That was it. But something like sparked in me. It was a habit. And I kind of just like kept going. And then we just ended up cleaning, like organizing all the rest of the stuff just because it was like stacked. One on top of the other. I did this, and then this makes sense to do, and then this makes sense to do, and I kept going. Anyway. You like looking at yourself instead of the camera? No, I do, actually. Because I'm not looking at me. I'm looking at you. <laughs> I'm right here. Okay, so there I... There's a camera. I know, but now I'm not looking at you. Okay, so... I'm right here. I know, but that's rude, because now I'm not looking at the people that are on the screen. So this way, I feel like... Sorry, people. Okay. This is how TV works. People don't understand this. You got to look at the camera to look at the people, and people don't get that if they've never done that before. That's okay. It's a tiny little thing. This is just a habit we're trying to create. We're habit stacking with looking at the camera. Uh, we haven't mentioned this yet, but we want to thank Dave and Judy Wolf. They came on the show last week, and you guys gave us a huge boost in subs. A lot of you guys, the newcomers... You fellow subscribers to the YouTube channel have done so because you are followers and admirers of Dave and Judy Wolf and their program. Yes. Sugar X, sugar is bad, eating addiction, the food binging, all this stuff. You guys know all about what I'm talking about, don't mm -hmm. you? So make sure to say thank you next time anybody sees Dave or Judy Wolf. Give them a thank you. We're mm -hmm. thanking you right now. Yes. Thank you so much. We always appreciate it. And Dave, you putting it even in your email, like it was just so sweet of you to make the extra effort to get us, um, to help us. And, and we really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, we always get our biggest numbers when you guys come on and everybody shows up because you have such an army of people that dedicate themselves to what you guys do because it's so well done. It's proven. Yeah. Yeah. Ed knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Others of you understand that Judy and Dave, they talk they walk the walk too. So they've lived the recovery of sugar addiction and eating late night trash without even realizing what they're doing and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, the habit loop. The habit loop. So the habit loop can be bad news. But I will tell you this. I want to make sure we get that on the record. It's important to thank the people. Uh -huh. And if we forget sometimes to get on the air and say things, it's only because it's scatterbrained by the moment of Recording a live show. So that's the only time when we forget. We never intentionally want to leave anybody out. It's very important. This is also our last show on Sunday nights. Yes. No more Sunday night. And some of you might be like, oh, man. But uh, it's just too challenging for our lives because we spend time together on the weekend, right? Mm -hmm. It's that. It's 
um, we really appreciate um, those of you that follow us and watch us every week. Um, But we've been also told that there's people that want to watch that can't watch it on Sundays. It's kind of like, you know, their family time, they have people over or they're getting ready to like, you know, meal prep for the week, blah, blah, blah. There's been like a lot of things. And so I don't think there's ever going to be a time that's going to be great for everybody. Um, but we're going to try this and we're going to try it. You know, we'll try it for the next couple of months, see how it works out. And then if it, you're fine, you're <laughs> fine. You don't have to do anything. if it doesn't, uh, then we may do another time. I don't know. But for now we're going to try Wednesdays at nine, right? That's the rumor. Yeah. So Wednesdays now, but the good news is if you can't make it live, the shows are always available in perpetuity. Yeah. Anytime you need it live. Or recorded, it's on the YouTube channel or your favorite podcast platform. So yes. you'll never miss the show if you feel like, oh crap, I can't be there. Of course, it's nice to have you guys here and engage in the live chat like Ed's doing and like Matt and Josh and Michelle and everybody else who's popped in here. That helps because it makes the show more interactive together, mm-hmm. not just me and Leanne, right? Yes. Together forever. 9 p.m. Yes, Ed, it looks like 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on. Wednesdays will be our new time, which will be our third different time since we started the show a couple of years ago. That's not bad for a couple of years. Did it used to be Wednesdays? It used to be Tuesdays. Oh, right. This is okay. another day. So pretty soon we'll have the whole week covered. All right. Anyway, so we're talking Atomic Habits here. It's a book by James Clear. It's a book about you know, your habits. Where do they come from? Why do you have them? We were listening to the audio book earlier while we were cleaning. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. She's really good at cleaning. I already said that. Uh, oh, by the way, Ed says starting this Wednesday. Actually, no, it'll start the following Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a slight gap. Whoops, I hit the microphone. There'll be a slight gap, but. Yeah, a couple of days. So it'll be the 26th. We said that. Yeah. It's the day before she goes out of town. Yeah. We'll be here in person together. It just kind of worked out. It was almost like it was destiny. So, yes, the show starts a week from Wednesday on Wednesdays. And we're going to try to have more guests, too. That's also a reason we're going for the gap. Because I'm trying to lock in a guest for sure in 10 days. 10 days, I will have a guest. Oh, yes. I'm projecting it right now. In 10 days, I will have a guest live on the first day of podcast, Wednesday, January 26th. That's an implementation of a habit and an expectation of creation, right? Yes. Is that how it works? Sort of, yeah. That is how that works. Yes. Yes. Okay. So... Anyways, we were cleaning earlier and we are listening to the audiobook of Jimmy Clear's Atomic Habits. And Did you just call him Jimmy? Yeah, Jimmy Clear. <laughs> Our buddy Jimmy Clear. We all know Jimmy. So Jimmy was talking about, uh, I had a point to this too. He talked about a lot of things. He was talking about the history of our humanity and food and food gathering and how, and you've probably heard this before, especially if you're into food and understanding how it affects your body and how your body relates to food. And we used to desperately crave salts and fats because they were scarce. And he talks about this in the book. It's not a new concept. It's just something we don't always think about. Mm -hmm. But when you say it out loud, it makes so much sense that wandering around in the wilderness when we were more wild, natural creatures, right? Mm -hmm. Less domesticated. Mm -hmm. We were desperate for those types of foods, and we would, if we had them, we'd be like, oh, we'd hoard them. So now we have all the food in the world. That stuff is no longer scarce. And 
these companies, these food companies, the United States in particular, have absolutely engineered all these foods to a specific design, right? A very, they've identified the ideal level of- The bliss point. Yeah, the bliss point Mm -hmm. of the sugars and the fats and the salts and all those things that you find yourself, why am I doing this? Why do I keep eating this? Why do I get drawn back to it? It's not just the dopamine hits. There's more to it than that, too. It's the fact that your brain has been trained. Evolution and current biological situations combined with chemistry from the engineers of your food create your situation. So the habit you have is not just your decision to eat this trash Mm -hmm. either or the fact that you're addicted. It's the fact that all of those things are in play. You know, bio, psych, social, these are things that are used in the counseling world, in the medical world as well, healthcare world. So just think about that and remember that. That's why this book's interesting mm-hmm. because of that fact that, you know, 3,000 years ago, we would have hoarded all this food and been grateful to have it for as long as we could. And now we don't have to hoard it because it's at every grocery store around the corner. Right. It's even at the party store. Hell, you can go to 7-Eleven and get all that trash. Yeah. You get the nachos at 7-Eleven, right? Good. Yes, you could. So, and that's, that's... Why do I have a big smile on my face? I don't know. I don't know. And where are you looking? Are you looking here? Look at the camera. Yeah. So, I'm sorry, people. That's an eyeball. I get it. It's just weird. I like looking at you. Okay, so anyway. That is, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, so where else are we going with this? We're talking about the book, so come on. You got your notes here? Yeah, okay. You're doing great. Okay, so there were a couple things that he brought up in the very beginning that I just found really interesting. So, yeah, that valley of, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so the plateau of latent potential. This is really interesting. This is officially a class now, so we're teaching. (laughs) No, but this is, okay, this is just really, really fascinating. So, I. You want to still see us? Maybe we can do it like this. Uh, Oh, anyways, okay, keep talking, please. Okay, so. This part is really fascinating, and we all kind of intuitively know this, but we fall into the trap way too much. So, okay, so can you go back to it? Sure. You want to see that again? I do. Boom. So the line there that just goes from, so on the bottom, it's the time. So as time progresses, progresses, we assume that our results will also progress. So we assume that... As we, every day that we go for a run, we will see results every day. Every day that we do well on our diet, we will see results every day. We just assume that it goes in that line that just goes straight up. It goes straight up between time and results, right? That's what we just assume. It's like, so if we go a week that we've been doing really well on our diet, but the scale doesn't show it, we're like, wait a minute, this is where I should be, right? This happens also just with time, with age, where we assume that by the time we're 25, we should be here. By the time we're 40, we should be here. So we just assume that as time progresses, our results will also increase at the same trajectory. The issue is, is that that is not how real life works. So what actually happens is there's like a slow start and you kind of just, you keep working and as you're working, you kind of keep, you keep going, but it's not nearly where you think it should be. So what most people do 
is they quit. They quit because they're not where they think they need to be I've or where that. they should be. We all have. Oh, okay. We all do. We do it with our eating. We do it. We do it at work. We do it trying to, um, you know, get a client following up with your clients. Most people quit following up with clients after two follow-ups. They say that you need to follow up usually five to six times before a client will will kind of answer, maybe not answer your calls, but get you to the yes or get you to what you need. Um, it's just human nature. But most of us quit because we, you know, follow up twice. They say that, you know, oh, I'm busy. Call me back. Oh, I'm busy. And then you stop because you feel silly that you're not where you thought you should be. So you just fall off. In there, from the point of where, the point of where you actually are to yep. the point where you think you should be, I don't know if it's James that called it this or if it's, you know, some other psychologist or somebody else. They called it the valley of disappointment. And this like hit me hard when I read this. And actually, mm -hmm. I had heard it a week prior in a um in a webinar that I took on social selling and it was like for network marketing and it was talking about the valley of disappointment from James Clear and that's where all of us sit. We do the work to make the sales. We don't make the sales. We quit. But there's this bliss point or this breaking point or this, what do they call it? The critical threshold of where once you hit that, instead of going up at the same level, you actually like almost just skyrocket. That's where everything just falls into place. All the clients are calling you back. You just start dropping the weight. Your muscle starts building. All of this kind of stuff happens, but most people don't allow themselves to get to that breaking point or to that critical threshold. And so that one thing was the biggest thing for me. And I know there's a lot out of this book, but that was so, uh, it's like inside the valley of disappointment, that's where you have to give yourself grace. That's where you have to say, okay, no, you know what? I'm doing the, I'm doing the right things. As long as you know that you're doing the right things, right? Like you can't be like, well, I've been having chocolate every day. And in my heart, I feel like that might be the right answer. Like you, <laughs> have, to, you have to be doing the right things. Um, but if you are, it's the same thing with like, with working out or running. Um, we keep doing it and then we don't, we don't see the results right away. But I have friends that are runners and they can tell you where that critical threshold was because now it's just like their body is, their body has, um, what's the word? Like, um, not molded to this new behavior, but now they are a runner. Now they are doing the things that they need to do. And it's so, so simple for them kind wow. of thing. And their bodies are changing and all of this kind of thing. So it's just fascinating that. And that gap, that that threshold or that uh, valley of disappointment. Looks like a cheeseburger. Yeah, it's big. It's frustrating. It's annoying. But knowing that it's there, labeling it, although I, you know, you guys know I hate labels, but <laughs> labeling that and knowing that is really powerful because then you know, okay, I just, I have to just go one more day and just do this. I just have to go one more day and just do this. So I thought that was really, really important i thought that was really fascinating i think we could all relate to that anybody mm -hmm. who's looking at that graph you see the phrase the terminology the valley of disappointment boy that sounds familiar 
but you don't know how it comes together. That's the thing. These are not just magical terms that just show up out of the sky. Your expectations and the reality of how things are going, they're often going in different directions. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Really good stuff. I think it's really quite valuable to have it verbalized and organized and structured in a way that we can identify what we're doing. Where we're going. Why it's not working. And that's what's going to help our mental health while we're trying to do this. Like, the big thing is, is that our... We put so much pressure on ourselves, and I'm like totally speaking just personally here, but you put so much pressure on yourself, because I I know I do, um, and so much expectation on yourself um, that it ends up screwing around with your mental health. It really does, because then you start looking at your self-image, you start looking at... um, just who you are. It's no longer I'm doing, I'm, I'm not getting the results. It's all of a sudden like, oh, I am a failure or I am this or I am that. So can you put up the layers one? Yeah. Okay. So Look at that. Oh, wow. This is a fancy one. Why? Identity. How? Processes. What? Outcomes. Oh, I really like this one. Yeah. Fancy, Mike. Good job. Are you happy? I am. I like it. Good job. Okay. She's happy. Yeah. So, um, clearly. She's not always happy. Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're we're not like that. Miserable woman. Yeah. We don't do that. Um, generally pretty pleased. So so, anyway, this, this was good. You can tell I, this is the first time I'm actually seeing this one, but this is, this is really cool. So this is the, these are the three levels, um, of behavior change that he's talking about in the book. And so that outer ring, that's the outcomes. That's the what you're going to be doing. That's your results. The So that would be like, like in my case, it would be losing weight. That's the outcome that I'm looking for. Okay. And then that middle one is the how. That's the process. So that is your actual habits and your system. So that would actually be your... I'm going to work out four days a week. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to whatever. So those are the how or the process of what you're going to be doing, the habits, the systems that you're putting into place. And then that core, that middle, that bullseye, that is your identity. So that is actually, you need to, that's your belief system, um, your belief system about yourself, about those around you, your judgments, your biases, all of that. So what he talks about is, All of these are important. You need to have all of these in order to change your behavior and in order to create the habits that you want to be creating. The problem is, is the the order in which we put the the importance and where we go through this system or through this, these three levels. Usually what we do is we say, okay, we're going to start with the results because if I lose the weight, then I will be eating properly And once I do that, then I will be this type of a person. And we work on that and it's self-sabotaging because as long as we don't believe we're the type of person to lose that weight, we will never lose that weight. And even if we do in the short term, we will never do it in the long term. An example that he gave was about people that were trying to quit smoking, two type of people, one person, you would be offered a cigarette. Can I get a cigarette? So, no, you would be offered. A, I yeah, would, yeah. No, you would be. Okay, so I would offer you a cigarette. And yeah, I would can I get say, a cigarette? I'm asking for one. 
No. No. So if I know. So if I offered you a cigarette, one type of person would say, um, no, thank you. I'm trying to quit. Okay. Okay. So that's one type of person. That's not going to last very long because you still believe you're a smoker, but you're trying to quit, right? Ah. Alternatively, if somebody were to say, um, would you like a cigarette? And you said, no, thank you. I'm not a smoker. That changes the entire game because now your identity belongs to the habit that you want to create. So that I found really, really powerful. We have to start trying to figure out the person that we want to become. And if our head has always been around the outcome-based, the results that we're looking uh, for. I see it. Yeah. I see the um, the inverse here. And it's so, it's so small. It's not a big deal, but it is a game changer. And I will tell you, when we were training for the marathon, I have now run or walked. How many have I done? Two full? Two or three. Two, two or three. Two. Two that I know. Two full marathons, maybe three wow, half marathons. Impressive. I have never made that a habit. I've never made walking or running my habit. And I've never made doing any of those things my habit because I have never identified with being a runner ever. I have actually always said when people are like, oh, you're doing the marathon. I was like, yeah, but I'm not a runner. Yeah, I'm just doing it, but I'm not a, yeah, but I'm not that person. And I don't know why I do that, but I self-sabotage myself. So I will train or not train whatever. I'll do the marathon. And then that next day, done. I don't do anything again unless there's another race that I have to do something for. If I, go ahead. No, say your mind. I was just going to say, so if I embodied that I'm a runner or if I embodied that I'm an athlete or yeah. I embodied that, then I would make the the change and do the things to become that person. So what's going on here is that we don't know what we want. We think we do. Mm-hmm. So we just say things like, hey, I want to be in shape. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. For long term, it's not good enough. Because if you say, I want to be in shape, but as you're working out, you're saying, oh, I'm so fat, or oh, I'm so lazy, or oh, I'm so weak, or oh, I'm so... And you keep saying that, eventually you're going to start believing it. And when you're going to the gym, you're not going to be lifting more. You're not going to be pushing yourself more because you can't do it. That's not the type of person you are, according to your beliefs. So you're saying it's about mindset? Mindset and beliefs, yeah. So what should I do? So we should be, I mean, not should be. You can do whatever you want. I yeah, mean, give an example. I've done 40 years of the inverse. Ha <laughs> ha! But what you want to do, what I want to do, is I want to start living into who I want to become. And one of the things is because we've been trained to always look at the result and the goal Um, we can still do that. But like, if we want to lose the weight, we would have to say, what type of person would be able to achieve the outcome that I want? Well, that would probably be a healthy person. Um, that would probably be somebody that is, um, has some sort of control. That would probably be, um, you know, saying I want to be a healthy person. I'm going to become a healthy person or I am a healthy person. Yeah. Every choice that you make in the beginning, you would have to ask yourself a lot of questions. But when I'm going to go and get the Nutella, I would ask myself, 
I'm a healthy person. Would a healthy person make this decision? That answer would be no. And so now because I am a healthy person or I'm trying to become a healthy person, I won't make that decision. But if it's just for, because I'm not supposed to and I'm just restricting myself, now I'm going to want it even more. Just like the kids that drink before 19 or 21 over here. It's because it's restricted. Ed has a comment. Ed says, I'm not sure if you can declare you are no longer an addict if you stop drinking, smoking, gambling, etc. If it's regarding a habit, you can use a declaration statement. Just don't believe that's appropriate for an addict, though. How do you respond to that? Okay, I don't think it's... No, no, keep it up there. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure you can declare that you are no longer an addict. Once an addict, well, you're always an addict, says Ed. Okay. But he believes you can... He, he believes he's in recovery. You can say you are in recovery. Well, then there. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If that's, if that's serving you, Ed, then that's serving you. Yeah, then, but how does it relate to what you just said, though? Um. Well... So saying that I'm trying to quit, saying that I'm trying to quit is you're just telling yourself that you're trying, but you say that you're in recovery. That is the person that you are, that you are, you're, it's the same thing as saying that you're not an addict or that you don't, you don't smoke or you don't do the thing. You're in recovery. It's this, I feel like at that point, it's like a syntax kind of, what is that called? Like a. Um, semantics semantics yeah, yeah. um Syntax. i feel like i feel like that's kind of more of what that is because when you say that you're in recovery what would a person in recovery do where if you say that you're trying to quit what would a person that's trying to quit do well they would fail sometimes and they would be able to resist sometimes because they're trying so you're setting yourself up for failure because anybody that's trying by nature of what they're saying, they will slip. But saying that you are in recovery, you're in recovery. So I think that's the I think that's the difference there. Is being more clear on who you are and who you want to become. So but if it if it doesn't serve you to say that you you know, you're not an addict, then that's fine. But I don't even think that that would come up in conversation anyway. It would be somebody that was, um, and you do this actually, Ed, somebody that would offer you cake, you would say, oh no, thank you. I don't eat sugar. That's fine. That's who you are. That's what it is. So you don't say, I'm trying to give up sugar. You Mm -hmm. just say, because that's the person that you are. You say, no, I don't eat sugar, but that's okay. So- I think that's the distinction. Okay, so what's Ed? Go ahead. Go ahead, Ed. That rhymes. <laughs> yes. We're live on the First Day Podcast here. We're talking about atomic habits. We're talking about some of the semantics between what you think you are, who you are, how I, you identify yourself, etc. Ed says, I believe it's an important distinction. You always need to be on guard. And he says, yes, you are correct, Leanne. Yeah, okay. You are correct. Yeah, well, and I know Ed... Ed is such a fabulous human being. Like he is um, just so wonderful. Um, and you're so, here's the thing about Ed that I love. And we've had him on the show before. And if you haven't listened to that that interview, you need to. Yeah, um, go back to all of our old episodes. They are available on this channel and every podcast platform where you can find the first day pod. Yes. So um, Ed does the work, the inner work. 
the work that we need to be doing. And that's yeah. what this whole book is all about. This book isn't about here's the here's the four steps that you have to take to lose weight or here's the four steps you have to lose to do this. It's <laughs> it's the inside work that I can't tell Mike who he wants to be. Read this book, you won't believe what happens next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like you you are the only person that's going to be able to read this book and answer it for yourself. Um, that's right. So they, the two steps that they say, so there's, there's four laws and changing, um, kind of the cue and all that kind of thing, yep. but it's really an easy two-step process on how to change, uh, your identity. And all it is, is you decide the type of person that you want to be, and then you prove it to yourself with little with small wins. They call it small wins. I call it She loves small wins. wins. Isn't I that do. weird? I do. What about this three layers quote though from the three layers? Oh, so this was this was good. So the other thing in this book is that he's even though it's called atomic habits, um, he's really talking about your systems and how you're doing the things. So it's not just your goals that you're doing. Um, so you do not rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of your systems. That I thought was- Boom! Wow, that is really sharp, look at you. Okay, so- um, yeah, Look at me. Yeah, look at you. Um, so anyway, so yeah, your goals, and I'm all for goals, I love goals. Goal setting is Yo, fun. Yeah, you do, she it, loves goal setting. It really is, but- it, You're obsessed with it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, maybe, okay, I'll take it maybe. <laughs> but after this book, I'm really realizing how our habits and our systems, that's what's what's in play. That's what's important. And so if you have his whole thing too is trying to increase or improve 1% every day. And we can do that. We can do that. But the problem is, is that we look to change overnight and become this new person. Everything, change it all. Right like that. And radical change. And then we and then we drop and then we fall and then we're like, oh, okay, again. And so that's why like New Year's resolutions, you know, the 15th of January, everybody's falling off right now. Like how many of you guys have like set a resolution and you're not doing it anymore? Ah, how dare you? Yeah. I'm not going to the valley of disappointment. <laughs> so exactly. So that's that's the whole thing is that we don't give ourselves grace. We we have these major goals. Um, and if we don't hit them, then we give ourselves um, you know, grief. And we that affects our identity. With this, if we can put implement all the systems in place, um, and it's very simple to do. The other thing is, okay, so we're almost like running out of time. Yep, party's over. What's the last call here? I Give us want, your final. Okay, so I wanna, there's, there's two things that I, I didn't even write it down. Okay, so there's two things that I wanna say. What's the last one I got? Oh, you don't have to put that up there. I okay, mean, never mind. I mean, you can if you no, want to. No, I don't to. care, I don't care. Okay, so the only thing that he was going to put up is... No, it is, doesn't matter. Don't even say it. No, I will. It's the whole break... <laughs> Come on. I <laughs> I just had the whole breakdown of like the four steps, how to invert it. Um, it's really oh, not important. It was okay. kind of like just like a big summary and we could have went through it, but not a big deal. Um, okay, so what was I... Okay, so the habit stacking that Matt was talking about in the beginning when he came on and was doing a comment and he said it's super important. What the big thing is, is that... We already have habits that we do. 
So if you can start thinking about the habits that you already do and start putting them down and figuring out when I wake up, I already do this. I do this, 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 and this, you know, when I get home from work, I already do this, 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 and this. Um, and there's little habits that we do. Well, yeah, a lot of people don't come home from work. I don't. When you leave your computer from your work, (laughs) you do this, this, and this. Um, there's habits around everything. When you get into your car, your whole system of how you drive is now a habit. And it you don't even realize all the steps that you had to take just to pull out of your driveway. Um, so if you can realize all of those habits you already have, the habit stacking, what he was talking about is if you wanna create a new habit, you insert the new habit that you want already into one of those habits. So now you don't have to think about it. It's like, like if you want flossing your teeth, if you want that to be your habit, when you go into the bathroom to brush your teeth, you already have a habit of brushing your teeth. So your your new habit would be grab the floss before your tooth, toothbrush. So when I open the drawer, I will grab the floss yeah. and then I will floss. Well, now that's going to become a really easy habit for you to create because it's already implemented into a habit that you have. And then you just keep stacking them on top of each other and then you can create that. Um, the other thing... Is this, does that, is that real? Okay. Mike, I talked through this whole thing. I'm sorry. What? You've been killing it. You're in the zone. I You're love the, this. You have atomic habits blowing up out of your head. You can't <laughs> even stop. Okay, so. Ah! <laughs> Way to go. Okay, this is the last point that I want to say. People like you anyways. They don't want to hear me. Of course they do. Of course they want they to hear you. They don't want to hear me. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Everybody give some Mike some love in the comments. No, okay. I'm not looking for pity. I'm sorry. I was just joking around. I, I. I love all you guys. You're great Americans. You're great non-Americans. My girlfriend's not American, so it's okay. Okay, so anyway, so this is the last thing that I want to say. And this is Preach Ed. Yeah, Dave, Dave, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We hit 100 on our YouTube subscribers, and it's all because of you and your wonderful. Yeah, we already gave you a big tribute. Oh, yeah, you can go and rewind. Okay, anyway. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Judy. Okay. So here is the last thing that I want to say. And I just started reading into the the third law and then I stopped because I was like, oh, this is too good. So they talk about the two minute rule and it's when you want to create a habit, we know that we get really excited about something and you we tend to make it too big. Like I'm going to run five miles every day or I'm going to do this every day probably not going to do that if it's too big right so then in our head we're like okay i'm going to run 15 minutes a day for three days a week seems easy but it's still too big even 15 minutes is too big for you so what he suggests is breaking down your habit into two minute increments so it needs to happen at least the first step of your new habit has to be able to happen in under two minutes so the example he gave would be like your first habit that you want to create is simply putting on your running shoes when you get home from work. Or if you want to if you want to do yoga, it's I'm going to lay out my mat as soon as I'm done dinner. And it's just that one habit. And even if that's all you do and you get in the habit of doing that, then you'll be able to stack it. Okay, well, now that I'm here, I'm going to do a five-minute workout, right? Yeah. But it's that just creating that little habit one on top of the other and think about it if we can do that imagine where we'd be at the end of the year it's january gotta roll the boat yeah instead of trying to be this person that we're 
we've been trying for 10 years with with um, when will i be the person i thought i would be every day for the last 10 years that's the problem have we thought that we were going to be a person or did we think that we were just going to hit a goal i don't know i, I like to just talk negatively about myself <laughs> that's the easy way to do things no you're changing that so anyway yeah this whole weekend you know we spend the weekends together and she's constantly telling me no no negative self-talk stop it i like to just do these self-deprecating jokes they're funny you know but at a certain point they are funny like they do serve you well people love people that are self-deprecating because it shows that they don't take themselves too seriously and they're willing to make fun of themselves people like that they're drawn to that the problem is though in your own existence if you're constantly doing it it starts to become too much of a reality where you play into the role you become the role you are Identity. Not just the joke. It's no longer a joke. Yeah, the identity kind of sits with you, and you don't even realize it. And I like to—I'm a pretty self-aware guy. I'm a pretty thoughtful guy, but man, I think she's right. I mean, I look at her face, and she makes that face, and she's like, "Mike," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. I, I see it. I, I hear it. I know what she's saying." So just think about that, everybody out there. If you love to make fun of yourselves, not other people, even at all that's not what i'm saying what's it really doing to you what's it doing to your self-confidence and your self-worth like i i don't hate myself but my self-confidence i talked about coming into this year when we did our new year's shows like confidence was the one word of the year i want to focus on because i am able and capable but if the belief isn't there the foundation the structure and expectation of the confidence within then you got problems I don't even know why you're with me anymore. Because so, I'm a pathetic loser who has nothing <laughs> to offer anyone. Stop and I'll it. never have anything good in my life. So Anyway, so. <laughs> See, that's what I, I do those jokes. It's a joke. But they're not funny, you know. It's they're not, not. What's it? Anyways, if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. All right, that's the show. We've done it. We've done a successful show that is called The First Day Pod. We've got over 100 subscribers, thanks to Dave and Judy Wolf on YouTube. And all of you that were listening up to the Of course. Well, yes. yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that like to use Facebook Live, but yeah. we would prefer if you could migrate to YouTube and subscribe there and watch there and like the videos there because it provides more of an outlet for us to grow at a greater speed. Just yeah. saying. I know we're all creatures of habit, but it's just a minor detail. Something to think about. Yeah. And it's really easy now because it's youtube.com slash first day pod. That's right. It's so easy. It's our new link. YouTube.com slash first day pod. Woo. All right. Uh, that's it. We'll be back in nine days for our new shows on Wednesday nights live at 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be telling you about it. We'll be sharing that. We're going to have a guest. I will have a guest. See, I am making my reality now. Wonderful. I will have a guest for us in nine days. And that'll be the first day pod then. So Leanne has just absolutely crushed it today. Really helped us out with everything you need to know about Atomic Habits, which is the book we are doing for mm -hmm. our current book club. Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern time, every Monday night, just one hour. We don't hold you over. We really, she's great. She's really great about time. It's one hour and that's it because you got a life to lead. We understand. Ed can attest to that. Yes. That's it. That's the show, honey. We did it. Thank you, guys. We love you so, so much. Thank you for your support. And please, yeah, share it with all your friends so we can really get these conversations going. I love you. We love you. We do. All right. <laughs>
Well, that sounds good. I think uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye.